Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show, 11th of August, 2021. How the hell it's August? I will never know. That is frankly terrifying. We are halfway through the year. We're over halfway through the year, which means soon it's going to be WrestleMania again. Where's WrestleMania next year? In LA? In LA? Or was that the week after? No, it's Texas next year. And there's plenty of chatter out there. They actually are going to do Roman Reigns versus The Rock at WrestleMania 39, 38, 38. And I'm kind of intrigued about this now because you've got to figure that when we do do Roman Reigns versus The Rock, it's going to be the last match of The Rock's career. He's going to be 50 years old or coming up to 50 or just over 50. You know, despite that, his power in Hollywood right now is bigger than ever. It's why the rumor is if we, you know, actually, it wouldn't be Roman Reigns versus The Rock. It would be Roman Reigns and an Uso, probably Jey Uso. Well, maybe Jimmy Uso. One of them versus Roman and the other Uso, I guess, whichever one can be interchangeable. And that's all because, you know, Hollywood executives are like, listen, Dwayne, you make us a hell of a lot of cash. We don't want you throwing yourself around a wrestling ring. So what's the best way to negate that? Put them in a tag team match. Then he only has to do less things. That's why John Cena's doing the house show circuit at the moment. And he's been in a bunch of tag team matches, ironically, against Roman, Reign, uh, Roman Reigns as the Usos. But we're going to get there soon. And I always assumed that we would do Brock in 2022 and the Rock in 2023, whatever the hell it would be. We're living in the future now. I can't keep up with it. But now I'm starting to think the other way. I think maybe Brock comes back for a SummerSlam or who knows what. Maybe they do hold him off until that long. Obviously, you know, he's got a good few years on The Rock and he's not as, I don't want anybody to get injured, but it doesn't matter, quote unquote, if he does get injured in terms of, well, it matters because it matters to Brock and his family, but you're not going to cost the movie studio millions of dollars, which is going to open up the door for many problems. Actually, talking about wrestlers that are now actors, I did see The Suicide Squad. Check out my YouTube channel. Such for Simon Miller. I did a little review on there. Rarity for me, but, you know, I enjoyed the movie. And... It really was. I think John Cena's been good in lots of stuff. He was good in Trainwreck. Uh, what else did I see him in? I can't remember now. But he, I think, I think the, the roles he's been given, he's been very good in. I haven't seen him in Furious 10, 9, 11, 42, whatever it is. But a lot of people have said maybe that wasn't exactly the right character for him. I can't comment because, again, I haven't witnessed it. But I thought he was really good in The Suicide Squad. I thought the character fit him perfectly because essentially it is WWE John Cena, but with an evil twist. And I think probably from this point on, and he's got a busy schedule as it is, he will probably follow in The Rock's footsteps. So if you like John Cena in WWE, <laughs> I would enjoy this run very much so. And it is an intriguing run. Like he has been essentially on every single Raw and SmackDown so far. And sometimes he comes up and says hello. But often he is just in the dark match after the cameras have gone off. Now, I suppose it's done wonders for the live attendance. Like ever since WWE said John Cena is going to be on these live shows, I think they doubled their... Uh, you know, doubled their gate, which is incredible. So the man is still a draw. He's still, he's still super popular. But given that the, the raw rating especially is... Well, I mean, the raw rating is only bad when you compare it to old raw ratings. Like otherwise, compared to most sports and what television is doing, you know, it's not doing too badly at all. It often finishes number one on cable. That will, of course, change when the NFL season starts again. But it is the most wobbly of all the WWE labels. Labels? Brands? Whatever. So it seems strange to me that you couldn't come up with a way to put John Cena on the show. I mean, he's a free agent. He could just come out and he could address Finn Balor. He could address Roman Reigns and said, oh, you know, I wanted to come out and tell you I hate these guys. You could even start a mini program with somebody on Raw. Like, he doesn't have to fight them. I'm sure there's, you know, I would have happy. I think after Raw this week, he did do some interaction with Randy Orton and Matt Riddle after they'd quote unquote fallen out, but not really. You could have done that on the show. 
if you wanted to, it could have just been a backstage skit, whatever. I don't know. But uh, it is fascinating. Obviously, we're going to do Roman Reigns versus John Cena at SummerSlam. People are now thinking, oh, John Cena's going to win and he's going to beat the Ric Flair title record after Ric Flair. It's kind of up in the air whether Ric Flair got released or asked to go. Uh, when I did a tweet about it, because I just couldn't believe it, you know, I, wrote, I wrote something like Ric Flair. Uh, oh, there's another one. You know, you know, Ric Flair's out. And some asshole, let's not muck around with our words, was like, you don't know the details. You don't know whether Ric, Ric Flair, he quit, he walked out. And I was like, bro, I didn't say either way. I'm just saying I'm amazed he's no longer with the company. And then less than 24 hours later, it was reported that Ric Flair did get released. So if you are that person, you happen to listen to my podcast, you're a piece of trash. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I never do that. There's no point doing that. It, was, it just made me laugh because this guy was so indignant about it. Um, and we never know. We, of course, we don't know. You know, there are people like Dave Meltzer and Sean Rossap and uh, Alex McCarthy and a bunch of others not mentioned right now that go out there to get good scoops. But you always have to take it with a pinch of salt, as you would in any form of sport or entertainment. Like, there was a rumor this week that uh, David Trimmer and Jennifer Aniston are dating. And then David Trimmer was like, no, I don't know where that started. So again, you don't go, oh, lies, lies. I'm sure it came from somewhere. And there are sites doing outright lies. But that's the point. You have to learn to trust and boy who cried wolf and everything like that. But I don't, the point is, I don't think John Cena is going to win at SummerSlam. I think John Cena is going to lose. I think Roman Reigns is going to win. I think he's going to keep the Roman Reigns character strong. He'll go on to fight The Rock. And he'll probably lose to The Rock as well. We should do anyway if we are going to do that. And then John Cena will be back to filming his movies, and we will have a good time. I'm more than happy for John Cena to come in a few weeks and then, and then move and move elsewhere. I suppose the big things we need to talk about really are the. Well, I guess we can call it the death of NXT, or at least the death of the current version of NXT, which I do believe to be a fact with um, everything that's out there and things that I've heard and people I've spoken to. You never know. They could, you know, Vince McMahon could wake up today and change his mind. But at some point a few days ago, at least, the edict was to get rid of a lot of the, in their words, excess of talent, which I don't agree with at all. I want to make that very clear. But it's why the likes of Bronson Reed are no longer with WWE, which seems crazy to me because... He fits that variety column so well, and he's damn good at what at what he did. And what they want to go back to is what Vince McMahon loves, which is young, big guys that hopefully they can turn into box office attractions. Now, I thought it was a bit unfair when people were saying, oh, they just want a bunch of Roman Reigns. Any company would be overjoyed to have a bunch of Roman Reigns. I mean, look, we treated him badly for like eight years because we should have been doing then what we're doing now. But that wasn't down to Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is a very good professional wrestler, and I think it's a little bit disparaging towards him. So I suppose you're looking at more, again, the example that you used was a Curtis Axel, but I think he's probably going back even before that. He's probably thinking about Brock Lesnar, Batista, Randy Orton, John Cena, you know, all guys that look like bodybuilders it, to some to some degree. Now, personally, when it comes to wrestling products and promotions that I like, I want a bit of everything. I want thin guys, fat guys, muscly guys, you know, thin women, tall women, short women, whatever. I want, I want everything, and I want to see whether well, I like this person based on personality. Do I like this person based on the in-ring work? Do they just have an intangible quality that I'm drawn to? I don't know. I just want to sit down. And, you know, it's like any walk of life. Some things I'm going to enjoy and some things I'm not going to enjoy, but that's not the be-all and end-all because there's a million hours of pro wrestling TV every week. And if you think you're going to enjoy all of it, the problem is you. You're setting your expectations way too high. But there is an argument to be had that if Vince McMahon is only going to push one person, which is why the likes of Keith Lee carrying cross to a lesser degree, although I think he'll come good eventually. But, well, you know the deal. You know all the people that have been brought up and we've done nothing with and then we've let go. The reason we've done that is because Triple H and Vince McMahon see professional wrestling very differently. I suppose it's sports entertainment versus pro wrestling. So if Vince McMahon does want these big jacked up dudes and they can actually, you know, exist in a developmental territory, get groomed for what WWE Raw and SmackDown want them to do, and then they actually carry that over 
to the main shows, there is a benefit there. Now, the massive, massive caveat to this, and the worst part of it, is that it may mean a bunch of people that shouldn't be losing their jobs lose their jobs. And that seems nuts to me. Like, if you have talented people on your books, you should be sat down there, especially with the amount of creative bodies you have, and say, well, how can we use these people? And I get some people are going to be released. But I think while the argument of, well, that's just business, is a perfectly valid one, this also does come down to the fact that WWE went and bought up and hoarded a bunch of talent because they were worried about what AEW was going to do. And that's just the truth. It doesn't mean you prefer WWE or AEW. There was enough circumstantial evidence out there that suggested that given when AEW was starting and when WWE went into hoarding mode. For those people that go nuts, I want WWE to succeed. I want AEW to succeed. Impact, Ring of Honor. I have no bet on this race, right? I have no horse in the game. It doesn't make a difference to me. I just want to enjoy whatever is put in front of me. And if I don't, I'll watch less. Not true job-wise, but entertainment-wise. And you know, if I like it, I'll, I'll, I'll watch even more. But it seems... Because no one is going to... You're not going to be offered a WWE contract a couple of years ago and think, oh, I'll turn this down because they're clearly hoarding talent. Of course not. You seize opportunities that are put in front of you. But this is a shame now that all these years on, they're being punished for something that really was always going to happen. They didn't have a chance. And that's really, really disappointing. I mean, someone like Keith Lee should not be wrestling like a WWE big man. In my very humble, stupid, bald opinion, he should be wrestling like Keith Lee on the indie scene. You can sort of hold him back a little bit because I understand that WWE is a very different beast. But if you don't play to his strengths, I've already said, you're not going to get the Keith Lee that created such a buzz. And that was the weird sort of system that NXT and the Raw and SmackDown had. Because you get into NXT and then Triple H would teach you quote-unquote his playbook. But then you get to Raw and SmackDown and you're told, well, you're still wrong. And we now want you to teach you a brand new playbook. So it's like, well, who are you? This is Brian, right? Let's make up a name. So you know Brian from the indie scene, you like him. Then you adjust to him being in NXT. Then you have to adjust to him again on Raw and SmackDown. And nine times out of ten, within a week, they've just become another guy. Like, it was great that Karrion Cross won on this week's episode of Raw. He should have beaten Jeff Hardy, but that doesn't take away from the fact that it did just feel like another guy on the show. And he's only been up three, four weeks, whatever it's been, which is just dumb. And I know I go back to the well with this all the time, but hey, man, the past is great for teaching examples. Why did Goldberg get over? Because he came in and he smashed people. Now, not everybody can be Goldberg. Of course you want to be, but you can't be. But the reason he gathered such a fan base is because he was winning quote-unquote matches and he was smashing fools and people thought he was cool. And while wins and losses ultimately don't matter, even though of course they do, losing just isn't that cool, right? Which is why most people that have a losing gimmick have to have a comedy character to go along with it because you make people laugh and then you win them over again. I mean, Baron Corbin is a perfect example of that right now. Baron Corbin, to me, is one of the best things that WWE is doing. He has taken on this persona and he is running with it to the point, not only do I love it and it makes me laugh, don't know what that says about me, but occasionally I forget that it's, you know, being played... For, for lies, right? It's not real. Of course it's not. And that's how well he's doing with it. And I thought on Raw this week, when he was, uh, when Drew McIntyre was going to give him money, how much money do you need for a few days? A hundred grand. I think that's one of the best things they've done in ages. I think we should still use this as a moving platform to get him to be a babyface because I do think that he can be a sympathetic character like he already is, even though he keeps saying stupid stuff. And it's one of those things when magic, I don't know whether it was a plan or not, but when magic strikes, you know, you should jump on it. I saw a stupid thing on Reddit the other day. Someone saying, this is WWE taking the mick out of poor people. I was like, Man, how can you, that's not fair. Like there's a lot of things we can throw at WWE, but it's made, been made very clear that Baron Corbin is a moron for spending too much money. Hence why he needs a hundred grand for only a few days. But also let's take the little tidbits we've been told. Apparently beat up a homeless man and stole his dog. 
you know, there's a bunch of terrible, terrible things he's done. So he is the reason to blame. So you're not laughing at the fact that he's poor. You're laughing at the fact that he's a moron that just happens to be broke at the same time. But uh, no, I really, I really, really do like that. And I mean, he is one of the guys actually ties in that came up from NXT and was able to adapt, I suppose, because he was always doing the, and I don't mean this in a bad way at all, but it's a good way to describe it. The slow plodding, plodding heel that Vince McMahon does like, right? That's why he retired Kurt Angle. That's why he had matches against John Cena and everybody, right? Baron Corbin has taken on everyone. It's probably why he was put on Raw this week when we had to bring someone across to take on Drew McIntyre. I've always thought that Baron Corbin has had a hard time. I think he's better than people give him credit for. But he was just, well, just because the King gimmick had run out of steam, he was just missing something. And we found it with this. So he's a success story, which is nice. I'd much rather have success stories than not. But I suppose that we will go back to what the NXT system is. And I hope that it works. I do. I know I'm a positive person and it's really annoying sometimes. I still worry about people losing their jobs because that should never happen. And I also can't stand it when someone loses their job and somebody goes, oh, well, this person's still employed. You shouldn't want them to lose their job either. Okay, you don't like them and you don't think you, they bring much to the product. That is completely your right. But think of the human side, for goodness sake. Don't know why I'm going after these people today. It's just been, it's been crazy. But I'm massively intrigued to see what they do with NXT. And Adam Cole, which was the other big story, obviously, the last seven days. Apparently, Adam Cole's contract is up. He's working through SummerSlam. And then he has the choice to go to AEW or he has the choice to stay and I presume be on the Raw or SmackDown and get a bunch of money. I mean, look, Adam Cole doesn't need me to tell him what to do. But it certainly seems to make sense to ask for a bunch of cash. I don't even think everyone says, oh, he needs to ask for a no-cut deal. But I disagree because... For example, Roman Reigns will have a no-cut deal, but does Roman Reigns need a no-cut deal? Very unlikely, right? I'd say 99.9% he's going to be hired by WWE. So if we are actually going to push Adam Cole, and he's actually going to be used in the way that he should be, he doesn't need to push for a no-cut deal because he shouldn't be cut. And if we get to a point where Vince McMahon and co are saying, oh, we should cut him, then he should be one of, he should be want to get out of there as fast as he can. Because it's not like he doesn't have a job waiting for him wherever he wants. And he has a safety net, whether WWE realizes that or not. So let's say he, you know, he asks for $1.5 million a year. We get to January, and much like Bray Wyatt, they go, oh, it's too much money. It's too much money. Get rid of him. The best thing is to be cut, because obviously they do not have the faith in you that they should. And then you can go to AEW anyway. So that's what I would do if the money on the table was good. But if nothing else, don't ask for more than 12 months. And then give it 12 months to see where you're at. And then you can decide, right now, do I want to go to AEW? He's only 32 years old. You know, he's got all the tricks and all the tools that he needs to be a success. So I, I totally get it as well. Like, I understand that people get very emotional and very personal about where wrestlers go company-wise. And I guess that's kind of cool. You'd rather have that than nobody caring. But let's not pretend that being on Raw or SmackDown isn't badass, right? Dynamite is tremendous too. I'm putting it in exactly the same category. But if you are a smash success, keep saying success, on Monday or Friday nights in WWE, you are going to become a massive star. And I think it's the same with AEW Dynamite. I do. I think they've got buzz. I think they've got momentum. So there's no bad choices here. But some people like to pretend, oh, why would he stay with WWE? Because it is still WWE. And if you've been down at NXT for three years and you've been a WWE fan all of your life, I'm sure you want to be given that opportunity because, of course, he's going to have faith in himself. He wouldn't have got this far otherwise, and he should have that faith. He's really, really flipping good. So... I, don't, I think it's a win-win for Adam Cole. If he gets a bunch of money and we get to see what happens with him on the main roster, awesome. If he doesn't go to AEW, he'll be a top star. So that's awesome. They'll probably play him well too. It's just everybody else. Like again, I couldn't believe Bronson Reed went. I couldn't believe Bobby Fish went because to me, if you are going to turn it into a developmental territory, why the hell would you not want somebody with that much well, knowledge and experience? He could, he could help anybody. 
And it just goes on and on. Even Mercedes Martinez, I think she ticks that box too. I think Mercedes Martinez would be awesome in AEW's women's division or anybody's women's division. Impact, that would be f- phenomenal or Ring of Honor. Um, but we shall see. I think we've got a while. I, th- I think they're all 30-day non-competes, so we may get answers uh, sooner rather than later. And I don't know whether we did. So I know we had a couple of weeks off. I mean, personal stupid stuff. Patrons know. Shout out to patrons as well while we are here. Patreon.com for the summer of 316. Thank you for supporting. And shout out to Pins and Knuckles for always supporting the show too. Merchandise, Simon at TheMickCartel.com. Just uh, Twitter and Instagram, Simon316. Cheap plugs for you there. But yeah, I don't know. So we did talk about Bray Wyatt and being released. I mean, that was nuts. My phone blew up with so many people being surprised that I genuinely, I genuinely thought somebody had died. <laughs> because... I, I was driving down to a wrestling match at the time and I was like, my phone never goes off this much. What the hell's happened? But even then, even though I expected the worst, when I saw what it was, I couldn't believe it. I do not understand in any realm why you would get rid and release Bray Wyatt. He is... I understand that we have ruined both of his gimmicks, but that was through poor booking. That was no fault of his own. If anything, he always came up with great ways to save himself. I mean, let's not forget The Fiend was a way to save the Eater of Worlds character, which had lost its way. But he clearly has a brain like nobody else. I, I put him and Alistair Black in the same category, and I'm sure I'm forgetting about some others, but it's a select few. And WWE doesn't really have anybody else like that right now. There, there was, there, there's, always a way, there's always ways and means. There is. Like, you know, that Elias vignette on Raw. I think Elias has been quite stale for a while. No fault of his own, just the gimmick has, has run out of steam. And then one two-minute vignette, I'm like, oh man, I'm interested in this Elias character again. I know they got rid of the cool thing with the guitar, but I do think it had been played out, ironically pun intended i'm not sure there's anything else you could do with it so i'm glad we're making a change and we could have done that with the fiend i think what we probably should have done is got to a point where he doesn't have to be super powerful every match it's a problem that superman has in the comic books how do you take him down oh we get a kryptonite arrow and we'll put him in we'll poison him and put him in hospital it's always a little bit silly and that's kind of where we got with bray white and really if you go through the the bad times should never have lost to goldberg should never have done that debacle at hell in a cell you know, there are so many obvious moments where we didn't pull the trigger. And again, that's not on Bray Wyatt. It's not on Bray Wyatt at all. So it's a massive, it's a massive shame. Surprise, surprise. All these reports about his, you know, it being mental health related were nonsense. I'm sure he did have some serious uh, issues after Brody Lee, Luke Harper passed away. But who wouldn't? I mean, I did. And I don't know Luke Harper, Brody Lee, whatever we want to call him at all. But it was just such a shocking story. So if you did have a tight relationship with him, you're perfectly entitled to need a few weeks to get to get uh, your head around it. But I don't like talking about that anyway. I thought the speculation was wrong. I thought it was insulting. And like I say, it turned out it wasn't true anyway. Which is the same for a lot of bollocks that is out there. Like you may have seen this Max Caster stuff uh, from AEW. He did a rap a couple of weeks ago, was not kosher, rightfully got a slap on the wrist by Tony Khan. Then all of a sudden he's been suspended. And then it comes out, you know, a few hours after that, he hasn't been suspended. He's just, you know, they're just going through a process of sorts, whatever that entails. So you do always have to take things with a pinch of salt. And I'm sure you know who I'm, who I'm referring to. But yeah, shot by Bray Wyatt, shot by Ric Flair, going back to earlier in the conversation, like, you know, Ric Flair. Well, Ric Flair's a ratings draw. Like, every time they do a Legends Night with Ric Flair, numbers went up. Well, they announced that Ric Flair was going to be on the show. So he still carries that weight. Once more, murmurings are he rang up Vince McMahon, wasn't happy with the booking of Charlotte Flair and sort of made a song and a dance about it. And because he was on seven figures and they're in cutting mode, he was like, bye-bye to Ric Flair. And I never thought you'd put him out there because... To me, AEW right now is smashing it. Like I say, they're on a run. And I think names like that going in probably gets a few more fans popping across as well, especially Ric Flair. Of course, it's Ric Flair. He has a certain magic to him. There is a younger audience that has warmed to him as well. Apparently, one of these dark side of the rings, uh, plane ride from hell, is not going to paint him in a good light. 
So I'll have to see what happens with that one, but he, he kind of feels bulletproof to me, unless it's truly shocking. But I don't know, I don't know what the content is. I don't know what the content is. So what a mad few weeks. And what a daft time by me to take, <laughs> to take some time off the podcast. Especially because we could be a week and a half away from CM Punk debuting on the second ever episode of AEW Rampage. The first one is this Friday. For those kind people that have asked, yes, I will be upping those downs. I have no idea how I'm going to get this done alongside SmackDown. A little bit intimidated by it, but that's half the fun. And I don't think we should uh, you know, underestimate what a cool situation this is. I know some people don't care about CM Punk. That's great. You don't have to worry about it. But you know, there are legions of people out there who are super excited and been wanting this since 2014. Seven years is a long time to be away from the wrestling ring. And I disagree with all this nonsense. Oh, we came back to Fox and WWE backstage and ruined it. Absolutely not. I think AEW's handled it wonderfully by letting us know without letting us know. I think you had to get it out there in order to sell tickets and merchandise and make money. That's the whole point of the game, and they've done that. And if he does walk out in the United Center on the 18th, 20th, what is 20th of August, the Friday, I'm intrigued to see what the angle is. I'm intrigued to see who his first opponent is. You'd guess Darby Allen, but you don't know. I'm sure AEW has a ton of plans. And I think it's going to be one of those situations where, again, if you live over here in the UK, you're probably going to stay up for it. You want to be part of that social media buzz. And I think it'll be something that people talk about for ages, which really is what you want from any kind of television program. And it's the same with Daniel Bryan. Again, this morning I saw reports saying, oh, WWE wants Daniel Bryan back. Well, it all depends on what his contract status is. I don't even see that as news. Who wouldn't want Daniel Bryan? I'd want Daniel Bryan over here in the UK. Because of course you would. He's a tremendous professional wrestler. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, I put him in the top 10 wrestlers ever. But if I actually sat down and thought about it, could even be in the top five. Genuinely, I, I I think he's tremendous. I think I don't think he has a weakness in his game. Even people used to criticize his promos. But even when you go back to those early NXT promos, he's still got something about him. He's not wooden or anything like that. And, you know, I don't care about AEW hiring a bunch of people that used to work for WWE, right? People compare it to WCW, but they were hiring Hulk Hogan's and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall's to a lesser extent. I would say Hogan macho man but they, they still had their time right they weren't as done as vince mcmahon thought but the obviously i'm speaking to i'm sure the converted here the shift here is that a miro is that a Brody lee is that uh not daniel bryan per se but uh, malachi black you know these are guys that were never used properly when they got to raw smackdown i mean miro rusev had a, had, had a while but then you know when it was time for rusev day we didn't pull the trigger so it's almost like we weren't able to benefit from them in their prime and now hopefully they'll be able to do that in all elite wrestling and to me that's what you want to do they didn't get to wwe by fluke they got there because they were good at what they did they just got caught up in the creative cogs which happens to so many people but look at malachi black that match against cody last week i thought was perfect it was short it was different it had impact because of the entrances and the way that malachi black presented himself i mean i don't know whether you've seen the buddy murphy vignettes as well or whatever he's calling himself sounds like he's going to be you know involved in this in some point and he'd be a great addition to all elite wrestling like he doesn't have to come in as a main event guy Punk, Brian, they're coming as main event guys because if you did anything else, you'd be ridiculous, right? But Buddy Murphy has a chip on his shoulder as he has every right to and he has a point to prove. So if you bring him in and you team him with someone like Malachi Black or whoever and you really bolster that mid-card, then that's absolutely what you should do. He doesn't feel like a WWE guy to me. He feels like a guy that never got given his chance. So now he deserves that chance. And just because we haven't had this jumping of shit for 20 years doesn't mean we've got all oh, the hiring too many guys that's not for tony khan to decide tony khan has the as the ledger he knows the books he knows the finances he knows what his roster wages are or his roster uh what do you call it it's a chunk of money i can't remember the word now you'll be screaming at me i'm screaming at me too 
So we just have to see how it works out. I do not think you can criticize them for not building their own stars. I mean, who knew? I'm sure some of you did. And good for you. <laughs> but a Sammy Guevara, or a, I know I can never pronounce it. Damn my accent. But a Jungle Boy. A, um, I mean, loads of people I'm not even thinking about. An MJF, right? You know, these are people that had been around the block. A Britt Baker. But now they are homegrown stars of AEW. Darby Allen, who are capable of main eventing the show. So if you can bring more people in, that's going to bring more eyes to the product. I don't know why the hell you wouldn't do it. And aren't they all going to work out? Of course not. But you deal with that on a case-by-case basis as opposed to doing this whole blanket, oh, it's terrible, jump ship, jump ship. I don't know why people get wound up about it. I don't know why people care about the average age of a wrestler in WWE. Of course they need to build new stars. It's something they haven't done very well for a while, but I don't care if they're all 40. Did I like what I just watched? Yes. Am I a little bit worried they're not building new stars? I suppose so. But is it for me to stress about? No, I'm not watching this to, to build the company. And there's nothing wrong having an interesting debate about it and getting into that stuff. If people don't do that, they have a meltdown. I think this is the end of days. So, and also, like, it's, all, it's not all doom and gloom for WWE either. Like, Raw is a difficult show, yes. NXT, I have no idea what's going to happen. But I think SmackDown is very good. And I think it continues to be very good. They are now teetering on the whole rematch thing, which is a massive shame. But hopefully they will... They will stop this, although I'm probably uh, being way too confident in that. And for the last few weeks, like I say, I think Dynamite has been brilliant. The fact they're going to be able to raise their game when they do get all this influx of new talent. It's a really, really, I think, exciting time to be a wrestling fan. And I can't wait to see what they do. And I think we could be in an interesting place in 2022, especially when it comes to ratings, which is another metric we don't have to overly worry about, but we do. But I'm really pleased to see everything going up, apart from Raw. <laughs> Again, Raw is like the, uh, the the weird stepchild that no one really knows what to, to do with. But we watch it, and we love it anyway. I did enjoy the return of Randy Orton this week. I don't know what the hell they would have done if Randy Orton hadn't come back. But again, that's the whole Batman's rubbish game because Batman wouldn't be in it. He's in it. So you don't have to worry about it. I did not put that across well. And I, I mean, a lot of people thought it was the turn for RK Bro. I just saw it as Randy Orton being Randy Orton. I think the commentators got that across, you know, got, got that across well. I mean, I could be utterly wrong. And, it, and if they had pulled the trigger that early, I think it would be a shame. But I think we get to SummerSlam. I think we do RK Bro versus AJ Styles and Omos. And I think RK Bro become the tag team champions. You do that for a little while. And I, well, I would try and hold it off till the Royal Rumble, break them up there and do the match at WrestleMania. I think that'd be some excellent long-term storytelling. But yeah, I just thought Randy Orton was great. His mannerisms, his facials, you know, the little things he does in his promos. He comes across like a guy that is just a massive dick, but for some reason, you like him all the same. And he's just, he is, I don't give a flub Randy. And that to me is, is awesome. I thought Raw was decent. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't all great. I'm certainly not into the Alexa Bliss stuff. I think the Charlotte Flair, Nikki Ash, and Rhea Ripley storyline is not doing what it should do, which is very odd because those three are, are really, really talented. And I like the Mansoor-Ali partnership, but them losing to T-Bar and Mace over and over again just gets a little bit dull very quickly. So, But it wasn't as bad this week as... I mean, I got disagreed with, and lots of people said that they did think it was... Uh, <laughs> they did think it was worse. So what do I know? Absolutely nothing, which, which is true. Uh, if you are listening to this on day one... We have a dynamite this evening, and as I try and get my preview up, which is closed down, and my keyboard is all trapped. I mean, the big thing is the fourth labor of Jericho. I know that one. Chris Jericho versus Wardlow. MGF is something at ringside. GM Ross said special guest referee, but apparently not true. I really like Wardlow as the fourth labor. I think sometimes we as fans set our own expectations. So because we had Nick Gage, and because we had Juventude, and because we had... Um, or whatever the hell the other else one, I can't even remember now. Because we had all these people, 
we think, oh, we're just going to go up and up and up as opposed to going, well, no, actually, it's cool that we got all these surprises. And now let's see, you know, putting Wardlow as number four, I think is a real great testament to AEW once again building their own talent. Because even though I'm sure Jericho will win and all out, we do MJF versus Chris Jericho. The fact that Wardlow has been put in this position instinctively tells you, oh, this is a real threat to Chris Jericho, even though he's been to a hardcore match with Nick Gage. Now he's got to fight Wardlow. Now it's up to the commentators and everybody on the show in order to get that across. But it's a wonderful position for Wardlow to be in. So... I'm totally for it. I think it's a really, really good thing to do. And I think it's the perfect balancing act, again, between nostalgia and your future, which is something that WWE hasn't been very good with. They've been relying on old stars too much. And I'm not referring to Goldberg here. I'm fine with Goldberg being on SummerSlam. I think Bobby Lashley should wreck him. And then, you know, again, the destroyer has become the destroyee or the destroyed, I should say, because obviously Goldberg used to do that to people and now Lashley does it to him. I think it's something that MVP and Lashley will be able to dine off for, for ages. Uh, and I think I still think it's Big E that cashes in and gets the belt. But who the hell knows, right? There, there, there's no way to know. So looking forward to Chris Jericho versus Wardlow. Good Brothers versus Evil Uno and Stu Grayson to tie into last week. Love the Hangman Page stuff in Dark Order. I love the fact that Hangman Page lost in that elimination tag team match. I think it adds so much depth to the story. I think it gets you emotionally invested more than it would have done otherwise. I can't believe the hero lost and all of that. So just tremendous all round. A huge round of applause. And I'm also fine with Christian versus Kenny Omega at All Out. Imagine we have a CM Punk match at All Out. You don't need to have anything else. Don't overbook your cards if you don't need to. You know, make sure you have momentum constantly. And we'll get back to it sooner rather than later. And eventually Hangman Page will win and it will rock. But by then we may have had two CM Punk matches. And that rocks harder. So I thought that was tremendously done. I thought the breakup between Hangman and the Dark Order is cool now. And the, Dynamo and the Dark Order not helping him out. You're like, oh, why aren't you doing it? But you also understand why. 10 stars, as far as I'm concerned. And we also have Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander after they looked at each other last week. So that will be kind of interesting. That's a, a match for having a match. But there may be something there that I don't know. And I very much like Nyla Rose and I very much like Chris Statlander. Uh, we're going to get something with Christian Cage. That will probably build to the match at All Out with Kenny Omega. Darby Allen versus Daniel Garcia, which is awesome because it means 2.0 will be back. The former Ever-Rise. And I was, I'm biased. I've said it on ups and downs. I'll say it now. I think those guys are brilliant and they deserve a job wherever. And we also have Wheeler Utah, Orange Cassidy, and Chuck Taylor taking on Matt Hardy in Private Party. And Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks taking on Dante Martin and both the Sidells, which will be... I mean, on paper to me, this is like a really good AEW Dynamite as far as I'm concerned. And I'm sure they have uh, surprises up their sleeve, especially because Rampage debuts on Friday. So they want people to watch that show. I know that sounds stupid, but of course they do. And the best way to do that is to make a big song and dance about it because Friday is at 10 in America as they would be over here, is a difficult time to get people to watch professional wrestling or anything on television because in a normal world, people will go outside. That's just what people do. So I imagine we're going to have a lot to talk about in 24 hours time, and that's what it's all about. Tyler Breeze also talked about going to AEW. You have to forgive me. I can't remember who the interview was with, um, but it was... I think he's, he's very realistic, Tyler Breeze, and I think it's one of the reasons why he's so enjoyable <laughs> as a wrestler but his quote was something like if i go there i don't know if it would make a massive impact people are going over there and there may be some big names going over there i don't think now is the right time to go i think i basically said he wanted a bit of a break and i think that's so self-aware because i like tyler breeze i think he's a really good professional wrestler but is he going to make as big an impact as even a malachi black no cm punk no daniel bryan no if bray white turns up no it makes much more sense if he sits on his ass for six months and then pops up it's you know he's not gonna absence does make the heart grow fonder but of course you don't want to drop out of relevancy either but you also have to pick your spot and i don't think it's the right time to jump 
I think waiting until next year would be really good, and I do think you'd get a cool kind of reaction. There was even a rumor that Ric Flair may uh, fight in AEW. I don't need any more Ric Flair matches. Like even Kurt Angle had the uh, smarts. Apparently, he was offered some seven-fight deal by AEW. I think this came from Kurt Angle's mouth, actually, so it probably is true. And he was like, I ain't going to do that. I can't do it. I think he needs neck surgery or something. So I'm a bit worried about that. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't, I don't need Ric Flair to have any more matches at 75. And, you know, he almost died, for goodness sake. But I do just want him to be, I do just want him to be happy. But we will wait and see. We'll wait and see what goes down. Otherwise, I don't think there's anything else we've missed. I think that's pretty much it. We talked about the Max Caster stuff, which is absolutely ridiculous. We should mention Bobby Eaton passed away. That really, really did suck. He was not old at all. And if you've never seen a Bobby Eaton match, just go watch a Bobby Eaton match. I know everyone has said this and it's nothing new. But, you know, it, it is a bit like looking into a modern window of what professional wrestling was going to be. And that was just so good. Like, so, so good. Oh, actually, it does seem like um, Ruby Wright's going to AEW as well. And given that a lot of jumps are for the men's division, I think it's awesome that we're going to bolster that women's division as well because I think the women's division has come on leaps and bounds over the last 12 months especially and is a ratings draw time and time again and Breit Baker kicks ass and Thunder Rosa. But, you know, you, you need more people coming in as you do with the men's side. And Ruby Wright was not able to ever show how good she was in WWE. If you knew her from the indie circuit beforehand, you will know this. So, yeah, fingers crossed that, that they get the opportunity, again, to smash it. That's what I want. I want people to have opportunities. I'm never going to sit here and go, rah, rah, rah. I hate that crap. Uh, talking about, um, uh, what do you call it? I don't think I mentioned Squared Circle. I meant to mention Squared Circle, the Reddit thread. I was made aware this week on Monday that someone very nicely had made a Reddit thread about me. Now... This has happened before, and sometimes you read it because you can't help yourself, and you're like, oh, man, these people, this is horrible. <laughs> they said horrible things. Not that it ever gets to me. I want to make sure people know that. Of course, some days it does. I'm but a human being. But most of the time, I just want people to react to me, right, as I've already said. And, uh, and whether that's good or bad, that's all good with me. I just want people to care. But this was just a very, very nice thread with people saying very, very nice things. And I don't know whether people that are on Squared Circle listen to this, but I felt so humbled by it, and I felt so taken aback to be honest like i kind of shook my shook my hand shook my head over and over again because i just don't see myself that way and it i can't even think of the words because i'm gonna sound like i'm a massive nerd now and a massive geek so you have to forgive me i would hate myself too but i'll listen to him blown smoke up his own ass i don't mean it like that but to know that people enjoy my videos in the way that they were intended and had some very nice words to say about them it's very motivating and it's just a nice positive treat to get back from the internet, which, of course, can sometimes be super negative. So I thought, well, I do have this little podcast here, and it would be a remiss of me if I didn't mention it and just say thank you. And if it does get back to the person that started the thread or any of you left a comment, know that, again, you did. You made my day. You put a smile on my face. Uh, if you're you know, big fan of what I do do, you know that I've had some health issues. Nothing serious, but just surgery, blah, blah. And that does come with certain, certain struggles way too much, but you know what I'm getting at. So to all of a sudden read that, yeah, just great. So thank you very much. And who knows what's next? I'm always looking for the next thing. I'm always looking to live the dream. Um, we'll, we'll see. But I did appreciate it. And on that note, let me open up this week's questions, which I've closed down because I was clicking away, trying to find other things. And I will find one in one second. And where the hell is it? There it is. Boom. Right. Who gets to go first? Spaz Phoenix, my man. Check him out on YouTube. Do you think AEW might tilt their scale too much? It almost seems like they're promoting Rampage more than All Out. That's the way to do it. You know, Rampage is now and All Out isn't for another three, four weeks or whatever it is. You know, that's always the way, especially in 2021. Like, promotion... 
Like I do a lot of wrestling, and sometimes people in July for a match in October. So I'm gonna start promoting now. I'm like, dude, no one's gonna care. They're gonna see that October date, and they're just gonna be focused on July. You need to pull the trigger at the right time. And I think in 2021, the best time to do that. Well, just focus on whatever is next and then focus on whatever is next and keep doing that. So no, I don't think so at all. I think right now the focus should be Rampage because it's their second big show and they want to get a good rating. And then once you've established it after a couple of weeks, you've got two shows in order to build to all out. So you basically doubled your firepower. So I think it makes all the sense in the world. Ashley says, does Kenny go after Jay White's never open weight championship? Many thanks. I mean, he certainly could do. He is the belt collector. I mean, it certainly feels like now he's got enough belts. He's got like nine of them, whatever it is. So he doesn't need any more. But I don't think anyone would be upset if he did Jay White versus Kenny Omega. I think, really, whoever Kenny Omega fights until he loses the AW title, Kenny Omega's going to win because you don't want to take away his momentum. But potentially, absolutely potentially. Um, you can coop, maybe, says, what do you think of Lindsay Kelk? Well, I'm going to have to be really horrible and say I don't know Lindsay Kelk. But uh, she's an English writer in LA, books, beauty, and pro wrestling. Yes, of course, I have a podcast. Well, I like her straight away. I can't know everybody. But now that you've mentioned her, I will certainly try and do my research. Oliver says, hey, Simon, hope you are well. Just wanted to ask if AEW Rampage is going to be a minor show, like main event superstars or a major show. No, no, no. I mean, we don't know. But Tony Khan and AEW made it very clear. This is, you know, Dynamite 2, not a B show. It's going to continue on storylines. It's going to have mega stars on it. I mean, CM Punk is going to debut on it, it certainly sounds like. It's going to be a big deal. How it affects things going forward, I don't know. Because a lot of people said that when WWE introduced SmackDown, eventually it felt like it watered stuff down. But it's a different company. It's a different product. And also, I don't think that's necessarily true overall. But it is going to be a big deal. Matt Moore says, are we going to get Gage Goldberg versus Dominic Mysterio in the future? Look, if Gage Goldberg is training, they want to do it. Hell yeah, man. I got no problem with nepotism. I get tweets every day. Dominic's only in the company because of Ray. Yeah, and you do it too. Don't pretend otherwise. Coulter says, do you think Samoa Joe will take the title of Karrion Cross so he can transition to the main roster? If so, who could even hope to challenge Dro for the NXT title? Well, I don't know what's going to happen with Samoa Joe. After everything we talked about at the start of the show, does he even survive in WWE? I mean, I hope the hell that he does, but I'm a little bit worried about it. I mean, to me, Samoa Joe is one of the best wrestlers ever. And here he kind of feels like he's in no man's land. I presume that he will win because Karrion Cross obviously is now a Raw superstar. And then with all the apparent changes... Man, it's going to be crazy. Samantha says, I had no idea you were doing a podcast. New fan already. Thank you, Samantha. Do you ever think WWE will do interpromotional matches after Vince is gone? We just don't know. My gut would be no. I don't think they would, especially if they got bought out by someone like NBC or Disney, because I think they'd be even more insular. But it could happen. We've never seen WWE without Vince McMahon at the helm. So everything would be on the table, which is why it's going to be a crazy time when we do get it, because I'm going to assume most of us had never lived in a non-Vince McMahon wrestling world. It's almost kind of terrifying. Uh, Wayney Boy says, although he can work anywhere, where do you think Bray Wyatt should wrestle? I think it'd be cool to see him flirt around the Forbidden Door promotions for a while and then return to WWE. Well, I don't know about that, but again, he should do what works for him. I think AEW is a great fit. I think Impact is a great fit because they're so creative and let you do whatever they want, you want. New Japan would be awesome. I mean, I don't know how he would present himself over there. It'd be a little bit different. But Japan likes over-the-top stuff. They've done it constantly. I think this is the cool thing about Bray Wyatt. I think he could make it anywhere, which is what makes it so exciting to see what he's going to do. Uh, Danny says, with all these releases, especially Bray and Braun, do you believe that Vince is getting ready to put WWE on the market? I mean, not getting ready. I, he is going to sell, though. You want years and years of profit, 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 profit when it comes to quarters. So it may not be till 2025 that they're planning to sell, but it's certainly a worthy theory. Yes. Do I believe it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. 
Uh, Mike says, who also what should they do with Brian and CM Punk's first programs in AEW? If they are headed there, have a great day. And you, Mike. I mean, it doesn't matter. I would do Daniel Bryan versus Kenny Omega for the world title as quickly as I could. Because seeing Daniel Bryan in AEW is going to have such a novelty to it. You want to see the matches that you never thought you could see. There's no need to wait around. There's no need to build. Daniel Bryan is a star. Kenny Omega is a star. So I would get to that as soon as I can. doesn't matter if Daniel Bryan loses. Of course it doesn't. He's Daniel Bryan. He's, he's a made man. It's irrelevant, right? You just want to see that match and enjoy it for what it is. And as for Punk, he always said he'd only come back to work things that had cool stories. So I imagine it would be a Darby Allen or something like that. I think maybe Darby Allen could also be a red herring and we get back to that after he does something else. But ultimately, I think that will be his first big feud. Otherwise, I don't know. And I think that's why it's so exciting because we do not know what's happened aside from a truckload of money to entice CM Punk back. But I'm very excited about it. I think CM Punk in wrestling is a good thing. Becky says, if you could ban any move in wrestling, not because it's dangerous, because of how overused it is, which one would you choose? For me, it would be the super kick. Every match seems to have a dozen. I'm not sure I would ban any moves. Uh, no, I wouldn't even ban the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment because it makes me laugh now. We've gone full circle. I don't think I would ban any moves. I think you want to have all the moves out there and let people do what they want to do. I mean, the super kick is overused, as is the Canadian Destroyer. But every now and then they bust one out that's so good. You're like, oh, I'm wicked. If I was going to ban one, probably the Canadian Destroyer, or just say it can only be used as a finisher. Because really, it is the greatest move ever, <laughs> when you think about it. Loki said, I, as a wrestling fan, enjoy both WWE and AEW, but the toxic part of the internet wrestling community reduces my interest sometimes, as some just can't enjoy both. Thoughts? I mean, it's up to them, just as you're allowed to like both, as do I. And the crazy ones I block <laughs> or mute on Twitter, and it's like they don't exist. Also, in your opinion, against whom did you have to wrestle to have your best match to date? Always a huge fan. Thanks, man. My best match is a really hard one. I don't know. I was thinking about this the other day. I once fought a guy called Nathan Cruz in like my third match, and because it was my third match, because he carried me so much, that one always sticks with me. He really, he, he, he was really good. Like, again, I'm not sure everyone could have done that because I was green as grass, still am. So that one certainly stands out in my mind. I had another one with UPW. I can't remember who's against now because I'm an asshole. But that was the first match when I drove home. I was like, oh my gosh, everything there went right. And I've had a few matches against a guy called Bullet, which is always a good time. Always a good time. It just there's, there's just a chemistry, I suppose, that I enjoy. But there'll be more. I should sit down and work this out, really. I really should. David, do you see a scenario where Triple H leaves WWE if Vince ends up selling, not to start his own or be part of another business? But do you think without Vince at the helm, he could see himself out? I mean, I don't think he'd want to do that. I think he's a lifer, but anything is possible now. You know, so much has happened this year that I never would have predicted. I now feel like I shouldn't start making any kind of predictions because it's all up in the air. So potentially, yes, he could. Handsome Andrew says, what year in the 90s would have had the best interpromotional pay-per-view? Well, I guess the late 90s, right? 97 or 98. I mean, I want to say 98 because Goldberg, but I'd rather say 97. So probably a 97 with Goldberg because then you just have all the players jumping back and forth. Although Stone Cold Steve Austin blows up in 98 too. So probably 98, but I want Brett still in WWE. That's a far better fit. Stevie says, if the support for Bray continues week on week and fans continue to chant for him, especially during Alexa's matches, do you think they come to their senses and rehire him? No, they're very stubborn and I'm sure he doesn't want to go back either. Nick says, now that Elias won't be a rock star anymore, am I and others that purchase his album officially fools? No, you have a piece of history. He's now probably never going to release another album and you have that one. You're not a hanger on, you got there first. Uh, Luke Glazer says, what did WWE need to do to make Raw more appealing to the wrestling universe again, other than releasing top stars? Well, I don't want any top stars to be released. You just need good long-term storylines with new fresh faces. That's all you need to do. Like, 
I'm trying to think, what did I, I, I like all the RK Bro stuff, which is essentially what they are doing, you know, mixing new stars with old stars. And I just think we should be doing that across the card. I think Karrion Cross should have been a monster. I think Keith Lee should be doing flippy dippy doodah stuff. I think Ricochet should be featured more and treated more like a superstar than he's not. So all the tools are there. It's just that Vince McMahon doesn't see this as his players, which is a shame. But again, it's his business, even if I don't, even if I don't get it. Uh, the villain says, hello, brother man. Huge fan from Malaysia. Always cool. Keep on spreading positivity throughout all your mediums. But who do you like to see as the next champions for all the brands beside the obvious ones? AEW besides Hangman, NXT besides Joe, Raw and SmackDown. Well, look, if we weren't going to do Hangman, I would make Daniel Bryan a champion because I think it would get a bunch of buzz. I really, really do. NXT is harder now, given everything that's going to happen. Obviously, Samoa Joe would be the best choice. Let's say Adam Cole is leaving. No, I don't know. I don't. That's, that's too hard now because too much. I would have said Bronson Reed, but again, I can't. NXT is too hard. Raw, MV, uh, sorry, um, Big E and SmackDown... Biggie, <laughs> but I will say who eventually beats Roman Reigns? What a great question that is. It's so difficult to try and figure out. I'm going to say Kevin Owens. It's never going to happen, but I love him and I want him to win. My man, Neil Gorton, always a good friend, says, Kevin Cena was so good in this film, which wrestlers should start in the next Suicide Squad? <laughs> oh, man, it's too hard to answer. Well, yeah, Miro should be in there as someone because Miro's crazy. He, he'll fit that role. Darby Allen probably would fit that role. He's got that sort of weird atmosphere to him that a lot of the characters had. Um, <laughs> it's so difficult. Baron Corbin would work with this sad character. I'm going with those three. There's not very good answers. Tobin says, do you think the name of the TNT title would change when they go to TBS? I get it's also a clever play on words when their show is called Dynamite and it's not just to do with the channel. No, I don't think anyone associates it with the channel anyway. It's just the name of a belt. I would keep it. Uh, Trevor says, hey, Simon, love your content and consistent content. Thanks, man. How likely do you think we'll have a trios belt by the end of the year in AEW? End of the year, meh, I'd wait till 2022. In the next six months, I would say more than likely yes. Uh, Elijah says, if you could pick anyone to beat Roman Reigns for Universal title, who would it be and what would your storyline be? Well, I would have Jey Uso win it, genuinely. There's, why can't we make Jey Uso a story, uh, a top star? I think he did really well during the pandemic. I think people got behind him. I think you could make him into a, a popular guy. I know I got behind him. So that's what I would do. I don't think they will. But if someone gave me the book, that's what I'd do. Uh, KO says, who do you think should beat Miro for the TNT title? Probably Darby Allen down the line uh, to get him going again. Or it could be a Jungle Boy. Maybe more a Jungle Boy. Because then Jungle Boy gets this huge win against this unstoppable force. And you probably then start building him for the AEW title. See, so yeah, I'd say Jungle Boy. Billy says, who do you think Kenny is facing it all out? It'll be Christian Cage. But it's okay. Because there's bigger things coming. And it's going to be good. Uh, Matthew says, I used to love hardcore death matches in wrestling in ECW. Nowadays, it's really hard for me to watch wrestlers willingly put themselves to a lot of pain and risk concussion and serious damage. Are you still able to watch and appreciate matches with that in mind? Well, I never really did. I, I always had that in mind. Even when I first found ECW, I knew how risky it was. To me, I always look at it from the human point of view. And wrestling is really cool in the sense that as long as everybody says yes, you can do it. So everybody said yes, they did it. It was an absolute success. It was difficult to watch. It's not going to be for everyone, but I do think it added the necessary vari variation that you need when it comes to wrestling. So that was cool. Uh, Aaron My Lung says, Hey, Simon, we keep the streak alive, baby. I think I always answer a question from Aaron My Lung. So yeah, we will keep it going. When Hangman beats Kenny for the title, who do you think should be the one to eventually dethrone the Cowboy? Man, we just don't know. It depends if, Cow if Hangman goes face or heel. I don't think he would. But, you know, CM Punk by that point, you know, the novelty may have worn off and you could turn him heel and have him beat 
uh, Hangman Adam Page to get some serious heat. It all depends. Maybe Miro's in the position then. Maybe... I, I'm not Cody. He's not going to do it. Maybe an MJF, right? MJF beats Hangman. You could probably, I'd probably do that to be honest with you. And he's the next guy you make sure that you you put on that top pedestal. It all the thing AEW is really good at is sort of picking someone and then sort of feeling it out and seeing what the audience is going to do. Meaning right now we just we couldn't call it, which is the way you want, right? Absolutely. Jim Kors says, hey, Simon, is this Baron Porbin? Nice story leading to a babyface turn. I personally think not, as being less fortunate seems to be a negative bad guy trait in Vince McMahon's eyes. Thanks for all the warm tum-tum feelings. I, I think, no, I don't think that's, I don't agree with this whole, I don't think the focus is on that he's poor. The focus is on that he's terrible with money and an asshole because he thinks he needs $100,000 to survive for a few days. I still think he's played it so well that he's got the necessary sympathy to turn him babyface. And I think he's kind of done all he can as a heel for now. So I would... But I don't buy into this idea that we're laughing at a poor person, personally speaking. Uh, Balaji says, why do you think ECW failed even with a loyal and passionate fan base and good content? Well, they didn't sell much stuff. I mean, that's, that's the truth. They didn't, they, they didn't sell enough pay-per-views and they didn't make enough money. That was it. I think they were going to get a deal on USA or something and that fell through. And they didn't get paid by a lot of their pay-per-view providers when they really needed the cash. But ultimately, yes, they had a very, very loyal fan base, but it just didn't grow in the way that it needed to to survive. And they died, which was a shame because having an alternative, as we have learned again in 2019, 20 and 21, is always better for everyone. It creates cool competition between where the wrestlers can go and it creates cool storylines and hopefully lights a fire under the other person's ass. Uh, Edward Thorpe says, who would be on your Survivor Series team? Bald people only. Well, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, they're both bald. Um, who else am I going to take? Who's bald? Baron Corbin is bald. Put him on there right now. He's smashing it. Molly Holly was once bald, so she can go in. Molly Holly, bald version. And I would technically be the fifth person, but I'm going to give you another one anyway. And man, we've had so many different Survivor Series teams, four, five, six, seven, who even cares? My last one, it's going to be someone that I'm not even thinking about. So I'll go with Cesaro. I think that's a pretty damn good team. Uh, Doc says, hey, Simon, glad you're back. Will you do a post-SummerSlam podcast with Jim, Stephanie, Sterling now that you're both back in the ring? I really do need to reach out to my good friend Sterling. And yes, we haven't done one in ages. I would always enjoy that. It's always fun. It's always a good time. So I should. Yes, I will absolutely reach out after SummerSlam and hopefully we can talk about wrestling too. Hot Soup says, what's next for Ric Flair? Gotta be AEW. Again, I think this dark side of the ring thing has been pitched to me that it paints him in such a bad light. Maybe they want to see what the audience does, which is the right thing to do. But yeah, interesting. Jamie, what are the odds that Goldberg beats Lashley at SummerSlam with Big E cashing in straight afterwards for that fabled big meat matchup that E has been asking for for years? Cheers for all the entertainment. You've almost convinced me to start going to the gym. Hell yeah, Jamie. I don't think Goldberg wins. I can see a scenario when Goldberg loses and then beats the crap out of MVP and Bobby Lashley with Spears that Big E comes out and cashes in, but I don't want that. That's a crappy cash-in. That's Goldberg beating Lashley. Like there's, there's certain people that have done it in many ways where even though they've cashed in, it hasn't felt cheap. So that's the way I would try to do it. It's very hard to pull off, but I think that's what Big E needs. But I, um, I, I don't think I would do it that way. But I would go crazy for it, so maybe it would work. Oregano says, what are your favorite matches outside of WWE and AEW this year? Oh, man, I don't know. I watch way too much wrestling. I mean, Kenny Omega versus Sammy Callahan from Slammiversary was really good. Slammiversary, that's how you pronounce it. 
Uh, most of the stuff they've done with Josh Alexander and the X Division has been great. I mean, it's mostly going to be from Impact. That's the other show that I watch the most. But they're the ones that stand out the most. So that crazy Ultimate X match when they were doing all sorts of things on the wire. I thought that was really cool. And I think Sammy Gallahan was, um, yeah, I think he, he really had a good match with with Omega too. Morningstar says, what would you say is the most iconic finisher? I feel like it's a toss-up between the People's Elbow and the Stunner. RKO and Sweet Chin Music get the honorable mentions. I think the Stone Cold Stunner more than the other ones. I think people today would even recognize that. And yes, the People's Elbow would be number two. RKO because it got memed. I don't think Sweet Chin Music... Is there another one that stands out? Probably not. I mean, the leg drop. Hogan's leg drop, for obvious reasons, I think probably fits into that. It's Hogan's birthday today is it as well. I don't know how old he is, but he's old because life is terrifying. I think that may be... Oh, no, no. Carl Warner's got... Who's your dream matchup for Bray Wyatt if he goes to AEW? Oh, Malachi Black. I mean, that's a feud we should have done in, in WWE. That should have been on the cards for years. And I don't really know why it wasn't. But, you know, that's not for me to, to, to worry about. But that's what I would... Uh, that's what I would like to see. I know it's two WWE guys, but I don't care. I just want to see cool people have wrestling matches, and I don't care what under I don't care what banner that comes under. Some people does. I personally don't. And I think I had one more. If I can find it, I don't think I can find it. I think I may have even made this up. Which horror movie icon would make the best wrestler, and what promotion would you put them in? John Kiernan. Well, Bray Wyatt. I put him in AEW. So there you go. That was nice and easy. And other than that. Da, 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 da. We're done. Oh, no, wait. What's this? I have no question, but I'm looking forward to checking this out. Please get the lads and last from Triple Jump on at some point. <laughs> well, I think they have to agree to come on. I don't think I can kidnap them and just drag them. But hey, you never, you never, never know. So thank you as always for the questions again. Follow me on Simon316 on Twitter if you want to uh, keep up to date when I do ask the questions. I'll ask for questions and I shall answer them. I shall answer them for you. Otherwise... Enjoy AEW Dynamite tonight if you are planning to watch it. Enjoy Rampage. Enjoy the weekend. I don't think they're in pay-per-views, but there's so many pay-per-views I miss them. Otherwise, I will be back next Wednesday, I believe. I think Wednesday is far easier to doing this stuff because Tuesdays are just an absolute crazy nightmare. But thank you for supporting me as always. Make sure you stay safe, and I'll chat to you on the next one.